Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your good friend John Gruber here, welcoming you to episode 200 of the talk show. It's quite a milestone. Uh, now, there's going to be a regular episode of the talk show as soon as I can, where I'll have a special guest on, and we will talk about last week's uh, news, the introduction of the iPhone 10, iPhone 8, Apple Watch Series 3, uh, Apple TV 4K, the uh, public opening of Apple Park, the grand premiere of the Steve Jobs Theater, all that and more, and, and digressions and parentheticals, and, and it'll, it'll be great. Um, but for this, the 200th episode of the show, I've got something I think that's even better. I have a truly very special guest, uh, Craig Federighi, Apple's Senior Vice President of Software Engineering uh, is here, and I, I've got a bunch of questions to ask him about Face ID and the development of uh, the iPhone X. Um, but as you might imagine, Craig Federighi is a busy man, and in a week like this, he's particularly busy. Uh, so this is not a two-hour episode of the talk show. I think I'm only going to have about 20 or 30 minutes of his time. Uh, but I think that's going to be great. And I can't think of a better way to mark the 200th episode of the show than to have a guest like him. Uh, but because this is a special episode, I've also got a special sponsor. The show is exclusively brought to you by the folks at DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is the search engine that doesn't track you. Other search engines do track you, as you probably knew. But they also track you, even in private browsing mode, which is probably something you didn't know. DuckDuckGo, DuckDuckGo has has conducted some studies, uh, and that show they show that a large percentage of people, even privacy minded people, vastly overestimate just how much private browsing does to protect your privacy uh, when you're using search. Uh, a lot of people think when you're in private browsing mode, your search is anonymous. It is not. They still track your IP address. They can still set cookies. They're just cookies that are per session. But then they can compare them to the cookies that they have at the same IP address from other sessions. Uh, it's not anonymous. Anyway, they have a they have a, um, a study with high-level findings. I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes somewhere. And uh, I just want to add one thing. Yes, DuckDuckGo emphasizes privacy. But guess what? It's also an excellent search engine. Uh, Apple has it added as one of the very, very few default search engine options in Safari on both Mac OS and iOS. I've been using it as my default search engine in Safari uh, for years. And I don't know, about a year or so ago, I switched my iPhone to and I have not looked back. It's that good. I wouldn't say that just because they were sponsoring the show. It's true. So my thanks to DuckDuckGo. You can check them out at DuckDuckGo.com or... Just go to your Safari settings and uh, give them a try as your default search engine. And now, on with the show. Hey, John. <laughs> Another uh, quiet week. <laughs> yeah, it's a good week. All right, so let's let's just get it out of the way first. Uh, <laughs> during the keynote address, when you were demonstrating Face ID in action... For the yes. very first time in public. Yes. Uh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> exactly according to plan. You know, it's tough when you rehearse something like that to really make it feel authentic in the moment, but I think I nailed it. 
<laughs> no, kidding. <laughs> no, no, that was that was that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me what happened. Uh, what happened? So uh, you know, we obviously, I I, I live on a uh, iPhone 10 right now, and it it works really reliably for me. And uh, we had done the stage rehearsal a number of times. Uh, of course, it works every time. So uh, in the moment when I went to to raise the phone to do what used to doing and having it unlock, uh, I was staring at a lock uh, that did not unlock. And uh, so that was that was a heart attack moment for me, honestly. You're just, it did not compute. Um, you know, we discovered after the fact what had gone on, but uh, in the moment, you're kind of wondering, uh, wow, uh, this is this is a surprise. So, um, you know, what, what had ended up happening is we had the phone on the stage and uh, you know, people are very pretty fastidious about cleaning up and nudging things and so forth. And so, um, the normal kind of bio lockout mechanisms that exist for uh, touch ID that everyone's used to apply to face ID equally. And so, um, with enough accidental unlock, failed unlock attempts, the system does its normal give me your passcode kind of lockout. And that was the moment I found myself in unexpectedly on stage. So, uh, fortunately, we have backups, so just went to that device, and that one apparently hadn't been nudged and locked out, so I was able to get on with the with the demo, which was fun to do after that. Right. So, in other words, somebody backstage, somebody whose job is to to like let's say get these demo units exactly perfectly in the right place, looking oh, yeah, perfect for the demo, they're exquisitely aligned on that table. You'd be impressed. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I. <laughs> Can you can you confirm that they wear white gloves? I've heard that they white gloves. <laughs> I'm not sure about the gloves, but I can tell you they uh, they polish that phone really well. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> a few too many times, I'm afraid. Right. It's it's the perfectionism in Apple is even on stage. If this is the first time we're going to see Face ID, that that phone is going to be pristine, <laughs> looking so good. Somebody yeah. somebody picked it up to polish it inadvertently without thinking, it's like triggered the hey is this craig nope and it was not too many times and all you would have had to do is put the passcode in just yeah. like if somebody yeah exactly and i thought of that but i thought that would be a pretty weird demo of face id where i had to have typed in right. the passcode so right uh, so exactly. i decided to go to backup instead of typing in the passcode but yeah that would have that would have worked too now i will say to your credit and i've heard this uh, many times i think it's it's and i think it's true is that the true test of a of a presenter demos are hard and and murphy's law uh, tends to kick in and the true test of a presenter isn't having a streak of like never having a demo fail it's how do you recover from a demo fail and i i think you handled it perfectly i don't see how it could have gone any better Given, oh, thank, given thank the fact you. that the thing was already there. But the yeah. problem is, the reason this is a particularly bad demo fail is that <laughs> Face ID is new. Yeah, biometric, exactly. And, and people, and to be honest, there are, uh, there have been other attempts by other uh, phone makers or gadget makers to do some kind of facial recognition thing, and, and it doesn't work that great. And so there's a perception in the same way that there were fingerprint scanners before Touch ID that didn't work so great. Oh, yeah. And exactly. the perception among people who don't try it is uh, I don't buy it. I don't this. I'm skeptical about face ID. And then lo and behold, there it, you know, it at a glance, it looks like it didn't work for you. Right. Yeah. No, no. I mean, the uh, 
that element of this is not lost on me for sure. That was uh, that was unfortunate because it does work so well, and uh, it it is a. I mean, it's obviously in a totally different league than what else is uh, is out there today. And we all, all, you know, a bunch of us have been living on them for quite a while now, and it's um, it it just works. It's really automatic. So um, that was part of the shock, I think, for me on stage the moment it happened. Was hold on, this this just always works. So what's going on? Right. Uh, but no, I, I get I get why there's a problem, and and uh, you know, I'm honestly, we're just all we're just all counting the days that customers can finally get their hands on these. Cause I think just like with, with touch ID initially people thought, Oh, this is, this is, you know, Apple done something that's totally not going to work and I'm not a believer and I'm not going to use this feature. And now, now everyone's worried because they they can't imagine life without touch ID. And right. uh, we're, you know, we're going to see exactly the same thing with face ID. I mean, those of us that are using it, we, you know, it's one thing when you're, when you're, you have an idea and, and you're working toward it, and you think it's going to be great, and then there's the moment when you actually create it, and you get to live on it, and it's even better. And and that's that's how all of us, you know, were virtually high fiving in the halls once we got it all dialed in, and we were living on them. We're like, it is it is what we thought it would be. It is you don't even think about it; it just works. And so, um, in in a way, all of this uh, uncertainty out there amongst people who haven't had the opportunity to live on it, I totally get it, and I'm. It's just gonna it's gonna melt away once people get to experience this product in their hands. Uh, and somebody, you know, a skeptic listening to this could say, "Well, of course, Apple's senior vice president of software engineering is going to say that." I can say that I, I have various friends and acquaintances who who work in your division. Um, I, I happened to run into a few of them while I was out there this week, uh, right? Including somebody else who has disclosed. This is on on iPhone 10, yeah, and had therefore been carrying two phones around for a while because it's you know it, it just if you're disclosed on it you can't take it out when you're around people who aren't disclosed yep. so you have to have another phone in your pocket which is the one you can take out when you're in an area that's not secure um, and and what he told me and he's the sort of person who would never lie to me um, he may not he may give me a non-answer but he said as soon as he got used to Face ID. It wasn't like he'd get mixed up going back and forth. Which one do I need to put my thumb on? Which one do I do it? He just instantly assumed Face ID would work on both phones, and it was like, <laughs> yeah. "What?" And 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 it instantly, you like never missed Touch ID. Just instantly, it was like, "What's wrong with this phone? Why isn't it unlocking?" And he's swiping up from the bottom, and it's not doing anything. Uh, and that was the experience I had personally with Touch ID is when yeah. I, I first got a iPhone uh, 5s and I got used to Touch ID, and then I'd go over to my iPad. And I'd put my thumb on the button, and I'd be like, "Why is what is my iPad broken?" Yeah, and no, it sounds I'm like it I'm sounds totally like Face you. ID. So it sounds like for those of you who've been living with iPhone 10, that if Face ID has the same effect. I, yeah, it, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. It's it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty miraculous. Uh, it just it it just works. And so, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait till people actually get to try it. And you know, you don't have to. Even even touch ID as much as as much as we love it, I think this is that much better. You know, if my hands are wet, it doesn't matter; it just works. So, mm. uh, so I, th I think it's pretty great. Uh, so I, I know people have so many questions. I I, yeah. I could just run through a bunch of them. I've gotten a slew of emails and tweets asking specifically about sunglasses because uh, part of it is it it, it requires it's not just your face; it requires eye contact. Yeah. Um, so, for example, your uh, uh, kids can't sneak up on you when you're sleeping and unlock your phone by pointing it at your face. 
That's exactly um, right. Yeah, we, we call it attention detection. And so we, we make sure not only that it's you, but that you are looking at the phone. All right. So what happens if you're wearing sunglasses? Yeah, so it kind of depends. So for most sunglasses, actually, even if they're opaque to, uh, they look opaque to you or me looking at the person wearing them, um, they actually transmit IR. And for those glasses, uh, Touch ID, or Face ID rather, sees through them uh, in the same way it would if you were wearing, you know, your normal prescription eyeglasses, and it just works. And uh, there are some glasses that they're coating, and it's it's not polarization in particular, it's just how they transmit IR. There are some sunglasses that block it. And so in that case, attention uh, detection would fail. Um, so it really depends on the pair of glasses you have. Um, so you have a choice, you can get a different pair of glasses if you have this problem. Um, there's also the option uh, f- that we have in there for a number of reasons, um, that you can choose to temporarily or permanently disable attention detection. And so, for instance, I've, I've actually been getting some letters, uh, emails um, over the last few days um, with people saying, I'm blind, can I use this feature? Um, and uh, in fact, you can. Uh, you turn off attention detection, in which case it makes sure it's you, um, but it isn't looking for the glance. Uh, and so we've, we've sort of thought through a lot, of, a lot of those kinds of cases. And so you do have that option if there's something around your, your face wear that would uh, block attention detection. But it does mean, um, in that case, that that other element of protection would be uh, temporarily disabled. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it would be similar to my hands are always wet. I have a job where I'm preparing stuff and my hands are wet. Uh, will Touch ID always work for me? And so there's always going to be exceptions. I'm not making excuses for you, but... It, no, it's true. Know, and we, we've always had that. We've always had the fallback uh, with Touch ID and we do with Face ID as well is, uh, is you can use your passcodes. If you find yourself in some circumstance uh, where, where you, can, you can't use it, it's exactly the same as all of us are used to a Touch ID, just use your passcode. Um, but in the, you know, I'm certainly finding the vast majority of the cases I'm using it, it's always working for me. I don't even have to think about it. Right. Um, and, and so bottom line, this really is what you guys think is, is the next generation of biometric, uh, authentication. It's not just, Hey, we went edge to edge. So there wasn't room for touch ID. It's, no, we. This is you know along the lines of this. We think this is the future of the iPhone. Uh, Face ID is the future, the next step in in biometric auth- authentication. We yeah we do we do. I mean I think there 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 are potentially settings where different biometric uh, techniques or combinations thereof even could make sense. But I, I think there's. There's something about you're using, certainly in cases you're, you're using a product uh, that demands your attention and it recognizes you. And I mean, this is how we as, as people work in authenticating each other, right? We identify each other. It's the most natural thing in the world. And now, and now you interact. And so we find, I think we're all wired for that interaction to work really well. And it's extremely natural um, with our devices and the levels of of accuracy, uh, the level of security we're able to achieve with it are pretty extraordinary. So um, we we are really excited about this as, as the path forward. And so, for example, your iPhone, uh, just based on, let's say, your email and, and your iMessages alone, probably contains some sensitive information. Yeah. And you yourself have the phone in your pocket is guarded by Face ID. That is absolutely correct, yes. At this very so moment. So there you, there you have it. If that's not trust in the system, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And same same so, is true for Tim Cook, right? I, the the uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone at Apple would, is trusting uh, Face ID. 
I would everyone, think, I would everyone think. who has access to an iPhone 10 right now. All right. So another thing that people I've heard from from Daring Fireball readers is, well, why can't I just look at it to unlock it? Why do I have to swipe? Yeah, I've gotten that one, too. Um, I think I think if you think about a lot of us like functionality on the lock screen, right? We want to look at our notifications. Yeah. Maybe we're just looking at the time. Um, maybe we wanted to get to the lock screen camera. Or, and we now have a quick shortcut actually to get at the flashlight. So the idea that every time you did one of those things, you're suddenly tossed into mail or, or you know, Twitter or whatever you were last doing, um, I don't think is a very predictable experience. And I think those people are fearful of, of they haven't had the opportunity to really live uh, on the device and use it. And so they have a sense that this doing the swipe is going to somehow be... Um, a barrier. So they're trying to solve a problem that in fact, when you use the device doesn't exist. Um, they think you have to wait for it to unlock and then you swipe. And so it's going to feel unresponsive. The fact is that the moment you, you raise the phone, you can start swiping, whether it's finished recognizing you or not. And if that's what you wanted to do, uh, it's going to automatically take you, uh, it's going to automatically unlock once it finishes, recognizes you, which feels pretty much instantaneous. Uh, and so I think preserving the access to the lock screen, uh, is uh, is is more important uh, mm -hmm. than than avoiding this this swipe that I think to all of us who live on it just feels completely automatic automatic and intentional in the use of the phone. Uh, so, you know, with all the nostalgia over this being the tenth anniversary of the original iPhone, somebody just on Twitter today, uh, or, or no, I don't know, somewhere, I just somebody threw up a link to a, a YouTube clip of the original iPhone commercials from two thousand seven. Mm -hmm. um, and it starts with, this is how you unlock it, and you swipe to unlock. Yes. And it, it was sort of a, uh, I mean, it was only 10 years ago, but it's sort of like we were naive about security at the time, where mm -hmm. it was sort of, it was encouraged to just, you know, wake the phone and swipe to unlock, and you're in there. And, and the last 10 years, we've, you know, we as a, as a culture have really sharpened our minds on privacy and, yes. and security. Um. But this sort of goes back to that, where you just pick it up, it, even better than before, because there's there's the detection of the you know it, the screen turns on just by picking it up, yes, and you just make one little swipe gesture, and you're in. It, it, it really harkens back to the original. It's it's up instead of to the side, but it's very similar to me. Exactly. Yeah. No. It it does. Uh, it does, and it's as you say. It's even. It's even easier to do. It's even more automatic. Um. But but it's the, it's the same sense of when you think about that old the the original device, um, where security wasn't a consideration. Uh. That was that was the best way to use the phone, uh, and now with. Face ID. It's as if you can just use it in the most natural way, where security isn't this overt part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's automatic, so the experience is back to exactly as as we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. um, I, while I have you, I, uh, Apple famously. I mean, this is right back from uh, you know the founding of the company. Uh, uh, famously, uh, the key to the company's product success has been the integration between software and hardware, doing both of them. Um, but at, at, at this point, and I think with the 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 you know the the hardware for the Face ID that's that's in the phone, it's not like you guys went out and got an off-the-shelf face scanner component, right? And put it put it at the top of the phone and then your team 
all right, now your job is to write drivers for this thing and then create APIs for our developers to connect to it. Right. Uh, this the, the entire, from the silicon up, is, is custom Apple designed. Like, how, how different is that for your team working, like, at that silicon level as opposed to off-the-shelf component level with the hardware? I mean, th- th- this is, I mean, you're right. This, this is what... This is what makes Apple Apple. I mean, this is the most special and and the biggest treat as as a creator of, of products for all of us to be able to look at a problem like this and know that we can put the right support that we want onto the the core silicon of the of the system. We uh, Phil talked about the neural engine that's on the chip that we could wire in for. Uh, for doing this this high performance recognition, this challenging recognition task, and that we can even make sure that the silicon that we've built to do it um, is tied in behind the the secure enclave, uh, so that we have all the security properties we want in that architecture. I mean, I can't imagine where you would buy that off the shelf. Uh, and then the way it is connected to this just absolutely amazing set of sensors uh, at the top of the phone uh, that that. And, and the design of that and the design of how the the flood illuminator and the dot pattern and all the mechanisms for recognition, that was a, that was co-designed between the the hardware and sensors team and our security team to figure out all mm. of the all of the different ways we wanted that that to work uh, securely to make sure that the device could store what it needed to match your face without well making sure that that information was completely you know, under your control, locked up uh, behind the secure enclave, and never, never left your phone. Uh, all, all of this is, you know, the ability to think about a really hard problem end to end, and then bring to bear the best, the best minds and the best technologies at every level along that stack to deliver it. Um, is is the most special uh, experience in in creating a product and. Uh, and that's why it is kind of magic when it finally all comes together. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of pieces that you bolted together. You had an idea, you had a vision, and uh, and and here you can make it real. Yeah, I was thinking software and hardware. I wasn't even thinking about security being a, at a fundamental uh, part of the collaboration from you know from the white sheet of paper at the beginning of the whole process to the end. But it, that makes a lot of sense too. It, it really has become, I mean, security and privacy have become a consideration in the design of, of, you know, so many of the things we do, many, many of the things we do. And to do them right, you have to think about them at a fundamental level. You have to design them in often to the silicon, often to the hardware to really make a truly um, secure product. And, uh, and we have the opportunity to do that and it's a it's a rare opportunity, I think. <laughs> right, like I'm imagining if it was just hardware and software, and you made a f- facial ID scanner, and then like a couple of months ago went to the security guys and like, here, make sure this is secure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's got a little USB line between the the camera and the, the chip, and no problem. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, and it's true. I mean, it, I, I should say one more thing, which is this: even even ops, our operations and manufacturing team, ends up being involved here because when you think about how you secure this thing, you now have all these components that need to trust each other and need to have secure connections to one another, and so even the whole process by which we manufacture and then uh, pair all of the components on on the system is part of has to be considered as part of the manufacturing process, and so. This and and this is something that we think about end to end when we build a product, and uh, I, I do think I do think it's pretty special. Let's say I'm a, a app developer, 
and I have an app that already works with Touch ID. Uh, mm-hmm. Like let's say like my credit card app. Uh, when I launch that app, I have to authenticate with Touch ID before I'm I'm in. Uh, would an app like that? Does an app like that need to be updated to support Face ID too? No, actually, we were able to support exactly the same API. So if you think about how it works right now, that app would essentially it gets it it uh, asks the system to request a Touch ID authentication. Now, instead uh, of waiting for the user to uh, put their their finger on the sensor and complete a Touch ID authentication, we automatically the system at the system level will surface our Face ID um, UI showing that we're doing a match, and we can return the same success code to the application saying "great thumbs up" or "thumbs down," um, as if the system had presented the. Um, previous generation touch ID screen and the user had failed to match or canceled out of the, uh, the touch ID operation. So it's, it's extraordinary that right now we're all running on, you know, apps that were designed for touch ID and they work just perfectly out of the box with uh, face ID. It's almost like you guys <laughs> might've had an idea of what, what <laughs> might be coming down the line. <laughs> we, we like to think we think ahead sometimes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's a scenario that, uh, it's you know for obvious reasons is is on a lot of people's minds is um uh what happens if you are say in, involved in a situation with law enforcement or perhaps going through customs um and there you know in the, I don't know what the laws are around the world but I know that there's this this to me very strange uh there's been a ruling in the United States that law enforcement can compel somebody to supply their fingerprint to a phone, but can't compel somebody to supply their passcode. So we're not lawyers. Let's forget about the legal distinction. Um, iOS 11 adds a feature where you can press the side button on an iPhone, existing iPhones at least, five times. And then all it does is just put you in a situation like you are after a power down power up where you have to supply your passcode before the biometrics can unlock the phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think people are, I know, in fact, I know people are more worried about this with face ID than touch ID because compelling someone to supply their fingerprint involves more than just if, if somebody is in possession of your phone pointing it at your face and making you look at it. So is there anything like that? Uh, some kind yeah, of way well, to I mean for, first I'd say like we, we aren't we aren't designing products with a, a an aim to um, avoid law enforcement doing doing their job um, we you know we, we appreciate law enforcement um, but there are lots of scenarios where someone who you don't trust um, might be trying to get your phone. That could be a thief right. coming for you. That could be a border crossing into a country where you think the people who are trying to you know, inspect your phone may not be someone you trust. And in those situations, as you, as you mentioned, we introduced um, this, this new capability with iOS 11 um, and where, where you can basically force the, the device into BioLock. And we made it even easier to get to on uh, iPhone 8 and iPhone 10, where on iPhone 8 and 10, you can just grip the side buttons, so both the the screen lock button on the uh, right-hand side of the phone and either of the volume buttons on the left, 
and just grip those two together for a few seconds and we will put the, the phone in, in BioLock. So um, it's the kind of thing that you could um, do in your pocket as you were being compelled to hand your phone to, uh, to someone you didn't trust. And, uh, and then they can't uh, use either Touch ID or, uh, or in the case of iPhone 10, Face ID um, to, to try to get access to your phone. And, and we think that can be, that's an important improvement uh, across the board. On, on iPhone 10, does that not conflict with taking a screenshot? I thought I read somewhere that to take a screenshot, you do the side button and volume down. Yeah, it does turn out you get a bonus screenshot out of the experience okay. in the current build. But uh, we are we are looking at saying if you hold the buttons down, maybe we'll throw the screenshot away for you automatically. You could consider it a comp- uh, sort of a commemorative screenshot for that particular <laughs> particular moment. But, uh, I, I got you. I got you though. You side button and just tap. Yeah, and just claw your phone down. basically. Yeah, just grip no. But it if you and- ju- if if you just want to take a screenshot, it's just two buttons. You press them. To, yeah, you to and they let go. This- to exactly. invoke this turn off face ID temporarily, you you press and hold them. Yeah, exactly. It's the difference between yeah. you know sort of click and click and hold. And uh, right now we're for, we're firing the click uh, on the click and hold, and that's uh, yeah that need not be a conflict. All right, and, and uh, with the five button press on the iPhone seven and earlier, you you even get a nice bit of haptic feedback now to know that it triggered. Is is there something like that with the press both buttons? Same thing. Yeah, like, you get a haptic, yeah. so you know you've done it exactly. Uh, so that's brilliant. So let's just say, and 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 thieves are, are a perfect example. I know that that's something that people are worried about. Is hey, what if somebody steals my phone, and they quick turn it around and I look at it and it's unlocked? Um, so if somebody like if you're getting mugged, I hope nobody does. But if somebody is getting mugged and they say, "Give me your phone," you as you're handing it to them, if you squeeze those buttons, it will it. disable Face ID. Exactly. And so, so they've got your phone, but they won't have your they won't have an unlocked phone. That is right. Yep. Uh, well, seems like you guys thought of a lot of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. But, uh, but the folks on the internet are constantly coming up with new questions. So I'm sure we'll learn something. Uh, well, Craig, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you're welcome back anytime you want. Oh, thank uh, you, John. But like I said, you're, you're probably pretty busy this week. So, uh, <laughs> Exciting That's week. About Good it week. For me. Yeah. All right. Awesome. We'll, we'll uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. All right. Till next time, Craig. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. Bye.